sometimes we have that question of who are we? Where do we belong? What is our place? And a part of that might be in looking back and finding a history of the ancestry, the line that has come before us that makes us who we are today. Now, here's a little trivia you may not have known. In the days of Jesus, they didn't have Ancestry.com. So what did they do? Well, fortunately, in the case of Jesus, we have Matthew chapter 1. <laughs> Maybe to some people, not the most exciting of chapters. In, that, in Matthew chapter 1, we have this list of the ancestry of Jesus Christ. A listing of leaf after leaf of the family tree, giving a snapshot as to who Jesus was through that ancestral lineage. But Matthew recorded these details, not in order that Jesus would know his history, but rather that the Israelite people and others would be able to answer the more personal questions about who they are and where they belong as an anchor of the truth that delivers real hope. So here's what I want us to do for this morning is let's take a moment to try to put ourselves into the mindset, into the place of those people who would have been Matthew's first audience, the intended people he first wrote it to. You see, this is what we know. They indeed were a people who celebrated life with all of its joys. But they also experienced daily how death corrupted their lives and their history. See, their lives were filled with love from others and for others, with family and friends and neighbors all around. And yet, surrounded by so many people, they also knew loneliness. A sort of loneliness not explained away by the abundance of people or by the busyness of activity. Can we connect with these people at all? They had wonderful memories, happy memories, amazing memories that they treasured and smiled as they recalled them and as they shared them with others. But they also had regrets and disappointments. Now they found the simple joys in each day, such as a friendly smile or a new discovery, a successful achievement. But they also felt the pressures of daily responsibilities that overwhelmed and often burdened. Is it a stretch in any way to see ourselves in these people at all? Sorrow from loved ones taken sooner than they would have liked. Struggles with health, broken relationships, and unclear futures. See, here's what we know also, is that they had a sure and a certain hope. There were songs, and there were prophecies, and there were scriptures that told of a time when things would be different. Remember mighty David, these things would say? That shepherd boy that God raised to slay that giant oppressor, Goliath. Oh yes, mighty David. The one whom God anointed to be king over all of his people. Yes, he was a good and mighty king. And remember how God promised David that a son from his royal line would build a house for God's name. Yep, David's son, King Solomon, built that first glorious temple. Yeah, but remember how God said he would establish the throne of David through his family tree, a messianic kingship that would reign over all of God's people with peace forever. A peace like no one has ever seen before or experienced or can even begin to fathom or understand in this moment. You see, there were songs and prophecies 
scriptures. They said, remember Abraham. Oh, yes, Father Abraham, the father of all Israel. How God took him aside and promised him that he would give him a son. And that in the miracle in Abraham and Sarah's old age, God gave them a son named Isaac. But God promised not only to give them a son, but to make him into a great nation. With descendants that would number like the stars in the heavens. And God did just that. A nation born out of a son of promise. But God promised Abraham that this promise was not just about his family tree, but that all of the families of all of the earth would be blessed through this promise. You see, there was a sure and a certain hope that God would intervene in the lives of his people. That God would break into shattered lives and troubled times to usher in a different sort of life and salvation. And so Matthew opens up his gospel by saying this in the book of genealogy, that this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the son of David and the son of Abraham. You see, this is not just some family tree, but rather a declaration of the inbreaking of the reign of peace and salvation promised through the throne of David. This is the inbreaking of the promise by which all families of the earth would be blessed. Not only sometime in the future, but here and now. God has come near with his anointed one, with his agent of salvation. You know, it's interesting as we take a look at the detailed list. This is just the first section. We could go on and on and on with the names that are listed here. As we take a look at the, the list of names that make it into us, it's an interesting thing because we may look and see these names as great people of God who found their way and their names listed in Holy Scripture. But if we were to click on the leaves connected with each one of these names in this ancestral tree, here are some of the things that we would find. Abraham, being so old with his wife Sarah and yet still childless, thought they'd help God out with his promise to have a child. And so arranged for Sarah's maidservant to help in that process. Or Jacob. Well, Jacob, he took advantage of his older brother in a moment of weakness to steal his very birthright and all that went with it. And then he schemed with his mother in order to take uh, from his father this binding fatherly family vow and promise of blessing that should also have belonged to his brother. It's no wonder that he fled for his life to a foreign land. Or what about Judah and his brothers that's listed up there? These would be the brothers of Joseph with his technicolor dream coat. The brothers who schemed out of jealousy and plotted to kill Joseph and to take his life. Now there was one brother who tried to convince them not to do so and to, to save Joseph. That wasn't Judah though. No, while that brother was off trying to come up with a way to save Joseph, Judah said, you know what, why should it, we not benefit from all this? Let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery and convince his brothers to do just that. And then we see that Judah had a son with Tamar, which doesn't seem out of the ordinary until you uncover that Tamar was the wife of Judah, Judah's dead son. 
And so we see that as we click on these, these leaves that it more and more becomes like 90s soap operas or the, uh, yeah, the tragic reality shows of today, putting on full display the brokenness in people's lives and the dysfunction of their families. But God writes a new story. And he ties them in this story into his family through the promise and the person of Jesus Christ. You see, it's to echo what we heard a couple weeks ago as we heard about Rahab, who's also in this list. Right? Rahab, who, who was a foreigner and a prostitute, yet by God's grace and his design was brought into the people and the promise of God and given salvation. And Pastor Needling directed us to see that even more than that, her name was listed here too in Matthew chapter 1, tied forever to the family tree of Jesus. You know, it made me think of another commercial I've seen for Ancestry.com. As a man wrestles with the fact that he says, you know, my whole life, we always knew that we were German. And then he begins to dig around, and he finds out there's no German heritage in their family background. But he's mostly Scottish. And so he said, I traded in my later hosen for a kilt. I don't know the intimate details, either in the joys or the sorrows of your life. I don't know the history and the leaves of your family tree. But here's what we hear from God today. It is as if he writes our own ancestry surprise-ending story. It's as if we were to go through all of our life, and if we were to do so with honesty, that it strips away all of the photo effects and enhancements we like to use in the public display of life that we give to everyone on social media, and instead dealt with the realities of our lives, our experiences, our personal traits, our relationships. That if we were to take all that in, it seems to show a family tree, a family DNA, an individual DNA that says, broken tarnished, dishonest, unlovable, shady, a fraud. It says things like selfish, a disappointment, immoral, unloving, damaged, cheap, cruel, inadequate, worn out, without hope. But God has come along and by blood shed on another tree has rewritten a story. In the tree of the cross where Jesus died for all of our sins to take on all of those things, he himself changes our family and our individual DNA and our history to make the cross our family tree. Where in exchange for all of those things, all of the sin, all of the brokenness, we are made to be the children of the living God. Loved is what he calls us. Precious is what he says. Redeemed. Now I know some of you are saying that you don't want it. And some of you are thinking that you don't need it. And some of you believe that you can't have it because you don't deserve it or you can't live up to it. But here is what Jesus says to each and every one of us. He says, welcome to the family. You have a place. You have a hope. You have salvation. You will know peace. 
Yours is a heritage and an ancestry that has been redeemed of royal lineage in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the promised one who comes to help the helpless and to save the sinner in whom the church rejoices and gives thanks and praise. And he gives us invitation. Matthew gives us invitation. In his gospel, he says, come and see. Come and discover your story. Come and see the story that God has written for you about Jesus. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ. And that through him, you have fulfilled your promise to bring about a life and a peace and a salvation that we could never fathom, understand, or attain in and of ourselves. And it's not something that we just wait for in the future, but it is here now in the person Christ who has come into the midst, who walked this earth, who died on the cross, who rose again, who promises that he is with us in all things. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in those promises and to continue to search your scripture and life within the community of Christ, that we would more and more have an understanding of the story that you have written on our behalf. Lord, be with us in all of these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.